You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. There, Slow Down Society. Steph here, and this is episode number five. Today, we're going to be talking about something super near and dear to my heart, and that is slow parenting. I work with an awful lot of parents, and it's one of the best things that I get to do is trying to help another family realize that they've got this, and parenting isn't as difficult as it needs to be. And if we, when you take the time to slow down and pause and listen to your gut and your, and your intuition and kind of cut down on all of the noise and the chatter that you read in parenting books and on message boards and all over the internet and advice from strangers in the grocery store and from your mother-in-law and your mom and all of these things and realize, actually, I know what I'm doing. I've got this. And that is such an amazing feeling when you know that deep down inside, you really are the expert of your own family and of your own kids and and your own children, and you know what you're doing. And so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Just for a recap, this is my background. This is what I used to do. In the olden days, back when dinosaurs walked the planet before I had kids of my own, I went to school for early childhood education and did social work and childhood education through one of the county nonprofit agencies that we have here. And I taught parenting classes and I ran preschools and and childcare centers for low-income and underprivileged children. And one of them happened to be housed within a homeless shelter. So I've seen an awful lot. And I've seen some not very good parenting. And I've seen some really amazing parenting. And because that all happened when I was pretty young and impressionable, it really did sort of form the parent I am today. And the parent I am today in my mid-40s is not the parent I was in my mid-20s. I am definitely um, calmer and older and wiser and I'm slower and more methodical and thoughtful in when it comes to dealing with my own kids and then the children that I see on a daily basis now. So I'm actually working full-time in an elementary school in their front office, which is kind of fun because I get to be a mom all day long. And, and the fact is, these are babies. And they're just, they're just little beings trying to feel loved and supported and nourished and, and that is what I do. I have no judgment when a kid comes into the office. I just love on them, and, and that just makes me feel good. I have no agenda. I'm not trying to teach them anything. They misbehave. It is no reflection on me. I'm, I'm just there, and, and I take them where we're at. 
So today we are going to learn some of the things and I'm going to share some of the things that I have found has worked for me with my own children. I have three right now. I've got one in college, one in high school, and one in middle school. And with some of the families that I've worked with throughout the years and with some of the moms that I've coached throughout the years. So I hope you find it helpful and let's get started. Okay, so we do have a listener question and I want to play that for you. So this is my friend, Amy Lee. Hey Steph, this is Amy Lee from ProductiveMama.com. I'm wondering how you instill and encourage a slow living philosophy in kids. I know the best way is probably just modeling, but what tips do you have to really counter the culture of busy that they're just completely surrounded by today? I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Okay. So thank you, Amy Lee, for recording that question. And I absolutely agree with you when you said that probably modeling and being a showing and practicing what you preach is one of the best ways to model slow parenting and help your kids learn how to slow down in kind of this go, 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 hustle, 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 faster, faster, faster society that we're living in right now. So how do you cultivate a bit of calm and slow down when it comes to parenting? So first of all, it's very old school, and but it's true. And it's keep your eyes on your own paper. So you heard this in elementary school and uh, in yoga class, they tell you to keep your eyes on your own mat. So you are doing you and you are not in competition with anybody else. And at the end of the day, almost every parent that I've ever come across just wants happy, healthy kids. So if you're keeping your eye on the end game and that's what you're working towards and your goal is happy, healthy kids, all of the kind of stuff and noise that gets thrown in the mix, like, oh, they have to play a musical instrument, and oh, they need a foreign language, and oh, they need to take this many AP classes and do this, and they have to do volunteer work, and they have to know yes ma'am and no sir, and all of these things, that's just sort of noise that you need to kind of filter out. I always talk about that we are not raising children. We are raising future adults. So depending upon the age of your kids, if you've got an infant and a toddler, you're just meeting their needs and you're not trying to do anything except for keeping them happy and healthy. And and so no modeling needs to happen right then and there if you've got teeny tinies in the house. But once they're toddler, preschool age, definitely school age, absolutely older child age, you are teaching and modeling how to be a fully functioning future adult and and member of society. And that is a real thing. So let's start first with the little ones. And you want them happy and healthy and you want their needs to be met. And it's really tricky for parents if they aren't themselves fully grounded and feel like they are actual full-fledged adults and and know who they are. So my suggestion is to start at the very beginning. Um, We talked about this in the beginning of the steps to slow living and declutter 
everything, all of the thoughts that aren't serving you, the people in your life, figure out what it is you're trying to move towards. And if you are reading things online, if you're reading conflicting parenting books, if your brain is flustered and you don't know what to do, the best thing to do is to purge and to slow down and and follow your gut and your intuition. Probably when, if, if you're a mom listening to this, when you were pregnant, you had some great thoughts and ideas, go back to that and follow your gut and follow your intuition and cut out the noise. It's, it's always really interesting to me when I see a toddler having a tantrum in the grocery store or at Target or something like that, and you can see the parent who is very flustered by this tantrum. And you can see the parent is feeling embarrassed. And sometimes you'll hear them say, stop it, you're embarrassing me, or ah, you're making a scene. So that's not actually meeting the needs of the child. That is putting your ego first and worrying too much about what strangers in the grocery store think, strangers on the internet think, your in-laws, and and that's not okay. You've got to meet the child where the child is and meet their needs first. And if a kid is having a temper tantrum, they need to get it out of their system. And the fact is, is especially when you're nonverbal and you're not able to fully function because your your cerebral cortex is, is still really growing, you're not able to think in a linear fashion. And a kid tantruming is just a kid tantruming. So remove your ego, remove any thoughts and judgment that you have about how kids should behave and just meet them where they're at. When it comes right down to it, we all just want to climb into bed each night feeling calm, content, and at peace. We want to know that we were able to keep all the balls in the air and were productive without neglecting our own needs and wants. I know. I get it. That is why I recorded a free masterclass on the 10 things happy, successful people do each and every day, and I'd love for you to join us. Learn simple and practical tips to reclaim the sanity and joy in your home and family at stephanieoday.com forward slash masterclass. I had gone through a series of parenting classes um, when I was working in the preschool center so then I could teach these parenting classes. It's a concept called stay listening. And sometimes for people who are watching, it sort of looks like you are poking the bear. And, and I know when I did it with my own kids, my husband Adam thought I was a little nuts because the things I said and did when the two-year-old or whatever is tantruming actually at first makes them cry a little harder. So it, it would be something like, you are really upset right now. Boy, you are so upset. You really wanted that candy. This is not fair. Oh my goodness, what a horrible situation. You really wanted that candy. And so you're giving a voice and you're acknowledging the child's thoughts and feelings and disappointment and providing words that they don't quite yet have. And this works for little kids who can't quite speak, but it also works if you've got children um, on the spectrum or nonverbal children with special needs. And it's, it's providing 
the understanding and the acknowledgement that they are hurting, they are upset, they are miserable, and, and you are being the safe, calm safety net for them. You're being the sponge to absorb all of the emotions. And in order to do that, you as an adult human need to be whole and you need to have done some work on yourself and that you aren't looking at this tantruming toddler as a reflection of you and your bad parenting or, or gosh, I'm a horrible mom because look at this kid. That is not a thought that is going to serve you in any way. So I do think that you've got, if you've got a pattern in the house of um, disrespectfulness or, or lots of tantruming or sometimes parents write to me and they're exasperated and they've quote unquote tried everything, stay listening and, and really being there with, with no expectation goes a long way with that younger set. When they're a little older and they know what the rules are and what the expectations are. I have this uh, framed in our playroom, but our family has 10 golden rules and you can get that printable on my website and I'll link to it somewhere within these show notes, but it's a free printable and they're very basic. It's use manners, say please, say thank you, address adults by their proper name. So Mr. Ms. Mix, whatever, unless the adult has corrected you and said, no, 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 it's okay to call me Stephanie. So those type of things, very kind of old fashioned manners I believe in. And that's what I'm trying to raise my children to have. If you see somebody struggling, offer to have help, those type of things. So there's 10 very basic golden rules. And those are the golden rules in our family. And then cleaning up after yourself, things like that, just being a productive member of society. So those are the basic rules. So once your kids know what those basic rules are, those are it. And now really all you're doing is protecting your boundaries and making sure that they know that if they cross those boundaries, there's going to be some sort of consequence. So the, the very basic parenting skill set that I've always taught is by Thomas Phelan. He's, he's got a doctorate in child psychology and his program is called One Two Three Magic. And it's, it's very basic. I, that's what we used in the homeless shelter. And then I brought home the DVD and played it at home for my husband because God love him. He's not going to read a parenting book. And it's just easier for him to watch the DVD. So I would highly recommend if you can find the DVD or the download somewhere or get it from your library. We, I know our local library has the, the DVDs and they actually have the VHS tapes because that's just fun. But one, two, three magic, it's essentially, you know, your child needs to already know what the rules are. And then if you're testing your boundaries, you start counting and you go, that's one. And if they continue to test the boundary, that's two. And then they know if they get to three, they're going to be put in a timeout. And timeout essentially is one minute for their age. So I have a 19-year-old, I've got a 16-year-old, and uh, my husband is 45, and I will count all of them. And I don't even realize I'm doing it. I also count Sheldon the dog. So if Sheldon misbehaves, I say, that is one. Sheldon, that's one. And he just kind of looks at me and he doesn't know what he's doing. And then he continues to misbehave, and I say, Sheldon, that's two. And, uh, and if he gets to three, then usually he's kind of shoved outside and the door is shut. 
it, it, it's an easy way to stick to your guns. It's an easy program for nannies, au pairs, babysitters, grandparents to follow also as long as everyone is clear as to what the rules are and what the boundaries are. That said, don't make up rules just for the sake of making up rules. So don't have kids and think that you get to be like the dictator in charge and it's my way or the highway at all times. That's just sort of setting yourself up for failure and setting your kids up to feel like it doesn't matter what they do. It's not going to be good enough. Mom's never going to be happy. Dad's never going to be happy. And I don't want that for you. It's not a fun house to live in. So go back to the basics, figure out what your golden rules are, and then those are them. But but don't continuously make up rules just for the sake of making up rules. For instance, when my kids were little and there was nobody on the playground, I did not care if they took their shoes off. I did not care if they climbed up the slide. Sure, if it was a very crowded park, yes, you climb up the ladder, you slide down the slide. But if a little kid is trying to climb the slide and figure out gravity on his or her own and there's nobody around, let it happen. It doesn't matter. You don't need to make up rules just for the sake of making up rules. Another thing, because I write cookbooks, I get an awful lot of questions about picky eaters and, and food battles and how do I get my kids to eat healthy food and this, that, and the other. And the answer is, is, is you're the grown-up. You don't need to buy junk food if you don't want your kids to eat junk food. If you are buying junk food and then telling them not to eat it, it's sort of like Adam and Eve in, in the Garden of Eden with a forbidden apple. Why? Just if, if you don't want them to eat it, don't bring it into their house. If you feel like you deserve to have something here and there on your own, then fine, go out to dinner and, and order it and then, but don't bring it back into the house. So you get to decide those things. So don't write to me and tell me that my kid only eats macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets because unless they're driving to the grocery store and slapping a credit card down, th- there's no way. There, the, it's, it's an impossible thing that they're only eating French fries and, and chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. That, that's fine. So I hope this helps a little bit. There's another program that when you've got older school-age children, in many schools, it's called Second Step, and that's their SEL curriculum. So that is social-emotional learning. And, and especially in today's day and age, we're so lucky that there's such an awareness on mental health and naming emotions and feeling all of the feels and and then just acting on the facts. So if you are taking care of yourself and protecting your own boundaries and dealing with stress in a proper way, you're not numbing it out with food, alcohol, drugs, and, um, and if you are acknowledging, you know what, mom is in a bad mood. I am not having an okay day. I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to watch some trashy episodes of Southern Charm and take a bath and then I'll come back down in a half an hour. But this is what I need right now. That is excellent to show proper ways to take care of yourself and and balance your your own physical, emotional and and mental health needs to your children. So so back to Amy Lee's question of is the best way Modeling, yes, absolutely. If you know deep down inside that you're not doing okay 
and you're not doing okay means you're not parenting the way that you want to, then take the time to do some inner child work and and heal. Reach out. There's so many resources. Um, reach out to me. I'm happy to help. So I really love inner child work. I really love mirror work. I think Louise Hay has done an amazing job. I would absolutely go through her her kind of programming to acknowledge all of the other, all of your inner child work. Another, just while I'm listing off websites, so I listed off, I know, one, two, three, magic. I listed off hand in hand. I listed off second step. And then the last one is called Kimochis, and that's K-I-M-O-C-H-I-S, kimochis.com. That, again, is a curriculum that they use in preschools and elementary schools, but there's a tab on their website for families that you can download. And Kimochis are fun little critters, and each critter is their own emotion. So if you've got a kid that's having a hard time verbalizing their emotion, let them look at the kimochis and figure out, you know what? I am like this little ball of red rage today and I have a lot of rage in me and and that's okay. Um, There is nothing wrong with having all of the different thoughts and and feelings. You know, this just popped in my head and and I want to share it before um, we end this recording. When parents are flustered and frustrated, one of the worst things that they can ever say to a child, and unfortunately I hear this way too often, and probably because someone said it to this adult when this adult was a child, but one of the worst things you can say out loud when a kid is having a hard time is, what is wrong with you? And it just sort of breaks my heart a little bit because there is nothing wrong. These are little kids. These are tiny little beings, and they need you to be their safety net. They need you to wrap them up and hold them tight and be told that you love them and that you're proud of them and that you think that they're wonderful. That's one of the things that I would really hopefully embark upon you that these are tiny kids and you can make a lot of mistakes, but they need to grow up knowing that they are loved and that you're proud of them and no matter what, you think they're wonderful. So that's a habit that I got into of just constantly, now my kids are older, so I texted to them, but when they were younger, I would hug them and rock them and, and say, I love you and I'm proud of you and I think you're wonderful. And, and the fact is, even as adults, that's what we're all craving. We're all craving for somebody to love us unconditionally, warts and all, um, and be proud of us. And, and give us these kind of virtual gold stars as we go through life. And we just want to know that we're doing a good job. So let me do that for you today. If you are listening to this, you are light years ahead of practically all of the general population. And you are amazing. And you are wonderful. And I am very proud of you. And if I had all the gold stars in the world to dole out, I absolutely would do that. You're just doing an absolutely phenomenal job. And and your kids are so lucky to have you. They, They really, really are. One last thing before I sign off for today, because I know this one got a bit long. How do you know if you're doing a good job as a parent? 
So, so that's tricky. I've got a 19 year old. She turns 20 very, very soon. I'm not done parenting. So, so parenting never ends. I'm 45. I, I still lean on my mom and dad to tell me that I'm doing a good job. I think we all want to know that we're doing a good job. So you will start to get hints that you're on the right track when you know it deep down inside that you gave it your all and, and you feel good about the interactions that you have with your kids. You know you're doing a good job when you and your spouse are on the same page and you're not arguing over parenting and discipline. You know you're on the right track when your teacher tells you that your kid is doing well in class. It, it's kind of silly, but in high school, there's, there's only a few different auto-populated comments that teachers can put on your kid's report card. But it's always a pleasure to have in class, works well with others, and, and those type of things. If you're seeing those comments, you're on the right track and, and you're gonna be okay. Even if your kids misbehave and press boundaries at home, if they're doing okay outside of the house, if they're respectful to their teachers, to elders and things like that, even if they're a little unruly at home, that's okay. And the reason they're unruly at home is because they gave it their all when they were out of the house, when they were at school, and they're mentally exhausted and you're their safe spot. And so if they come home and you get what I, I kind of call the lousy leftovers, that's okay because you're gonna mop up the lousy leftovers and just know that they are doing well out in the world. Some people think that good parenting equals successful kids and successful kids equal really, really good at sports and getting really, really good grades. And that's not really the case. Because remember, way back in the beginning, we talked about we just want happy, healthy kids. If they're not brilliant, genius, amazing sports stars, that's okay. And, and that's not a reflection on you and your parenting. That's your kid being your kid, and you're just there. We had my middle daughter ended up doing quite well in gymnastics. And it was really interesting because she would have a really good beamer routine or floor routine, and then parents would come afterwards and congratulate me and Adam. Like, oh, she did such a great job, congratulations. And it was always kind of awkward for me because I didn't know how to respond. And so I would just smile and say, yeah, she worked really hard. Like, yeah, well, all we did was feed and water her because your child's achievements are your child's achievements. And, and honestly, when they're adults and your child's failures are your child's failures. So your job is to raise future adults and future people, but their identity, when they're tiny and little, sure, it's intermingled, but their identity is their own identity. So regardless of whether or not they go into an Ivy League college or they don't, it's fine. You want them to be happy and healthy and whatever path they choose, they choose. Don't over push, don't over schedule, provide lots of leeway for daydreaming and creative activities. As far as I'm concerned, you can do no wrong. Okay, well, thank you again for being here and I think you are wonderful. Have a great day.
Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.